just celebrated Christmas Day that we recognize the Savior of the world came into our world as a little baby but we know that he's coming back again when he comes back the next time he's not coming back as a baby he's coming back as the king the king we have the privilege of knowing that and we have the privilege of bowing before him and worshiping him now but when he comes back every eye is going to behold him and every everyone will see him and the bible says that one day every knee shall bow tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, we bow before you. We, we, we honor you, Jesus. King Jesus. Authority and honor and power have been given to you. So we come in this place tonight recognizing that frees us to let go of the things that we're holding on to that we're concerned about because God everything's in your hands that way we can lift our hands and we can offer ourselves to you Lord God in true worship not bogged down with cares and concerns and worries and fears and anxieties because Lord you're the king everything is subject to your word Christmas week, you stand out in here tonight, huh? <laughs> but that's all right. We've come together to worship the Lord, and we're going to pray in a little while. And um, I'm looking forward to the new year. How about you? I really am. I'm excited about what God's going to do, uh, what He what He already is doing. You know, we just hadn't we haven't got there yet. He's already got it, on, and He's doing it. We haven't. It's that intersecting where he's at, you know, at that time. So I'm excited about what he's going to do in this coming year. And I appreciate you coming out tonight as we close out this year and um, our time together. Um, we have a special guest tonight speaking for us, ministering. And that is our Alexis Christmas had a good Christmas I know growing up um, I was thinking about this whenever I was driving from New Orleans to here um, how when Christmas is over I remember being a kid and being really sad whenever it was finally over you know and it, which kind of makes sense because there's so much anticipation that builds up to Christmas Day right you have the shopping the decorating the lights the music even here at church, right? We have beautiful decorations and the sermons are all about Christmas and the music and it's all building up, building up and then Christmas Day comes and it's wonderful, but it's only 24 hours and then it's done. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, we've just passed Christmas Day and um, 
I remember being a kid and being sad, but even as I got older, I remember um, actually praying one time and being like, Lord, this kind of feels silly. Like, should I still feel sad when Christmas is done? <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not 10 anymore. Like, should I still feel sad? And, um, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. You know, there's that in-between period after Christmas, which is what we're all in right now between Christmas and New Year's. And my mom actually sent my sister and I a funny meme. It had um, that transition period, kind of like my grandfather was talking about. And it had one person laying on the couch that said, becoming one with the couch. It had one person uh, that said, eating the rest of the holiday treats. And there was another one that said, clearing out emails. Like everyone knows when Christmas is done, there's this like, now what feeling, right? That transition between Christmas and the new year. And it's kind of in this transition period that we start thinking about the new year, right? People start thinking about New Year's resolutions and the things that they're going to do, going to do um, in the new year. And we start thinking about the previous year and all that's happened, right? I mean, I don't know about y'all, but just in the few days after Christmas, I've already started thinking, you know, what this year has been and thinking about the upcoming year and what God has in store, right? And still, it's in that transition that there's kind of just this feeling of, okay, now what? Like, now what's going to happen? And as I was thinking about that phrase and I was preparing for tonight, um, I was actually reminded of Mary, the story of Mary in the Bible. And so I love Christmas. And I know Christmas is technically done, but Christmas, we're just going to extend it a little bit further, right? It's all about Jesus, and that's year-round. So you thought you were done with the Christmas story, but we're going to look at it one more time. <laughs> one more time. So Today, the title of my sermon is, Now What? And we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, if not, I'll read it, and it should, it might be on the screen. Oh yeah, look at that. All right, Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Amen, right? Amen. Now I'm going to read that last part one more time, and I want to see if you catch it. You ready? And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You will be great. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Okay, somebody help me out. Shout out our favorite word. Will. <laughs> will. Okay, so the angel Gabriel just appeared to Mary. And he's telling her all these things. And I mean, to you and myself, they sound pretty great, right? Like, this is awesome. These are all incredible things. But, okay, let's not over-spiritualize this. If an angel came to you and pretty much told you all of these crazy things that sound impossible and told you things that would turn your world upside down and probably ruin your reputation and your engagement and all these things, you probably, or I probably, wouldn't be like, oh, yay, this is so exciting. I just, I can't wait. <laughs> no, right? I mean, the angel Gabriel said, um, do not be afraid, Mary, for a good reason, right? Right? And we can even see her response in the next verse, verse 34. It says, how can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? She's like, wait a second. Can we go back to the first part, the part about me being pregnant? How is this supposed to happen? And so as we're reading this, all these years later, we're seeing all these incredible things and all the things Gabriel was telling her. And remember that word will? That means what? That it's going to happen in the future. But Mary's worried about the right now. Because it's scary. It doesn't make sense. It's confusing and probably terrifying. 
And so we see in verse 35, Gabriel answers her question. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Look, even Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son in her old age. And she who is called barren is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'm going to read that part one more time. For no word from God will ever fail. Amen. All right, let's break up that section a little bit. So Mary was just told the power of the Holy Spirit was going to come upon her. She was going to become pregnant and would bear the Son of God. Big stuff. But I love this. God doesn't just say, you're it, and then leaves her and to figure life out and to go through it all by herself, right? That's not the God we serve. He says, look, as a sign for you, your relative Elizabeth is going to have a son, even though she is older and not even able to have children, for no word from God will ever fail. He gave her a sign. We don't serve a God that's just saying, okay, I want you to become a pastor. Have fun. And we don't serve a God that's saying, okay, you're in this hard situation. Well, you got this. Bye-bye. <laughs> right? We have a God that is intimately concerned for and involved in our lives. He's, he knows every part of our lives, and he knows the plan that he has for our lives. So my first point, God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. I know it sounds basic, but like when we have that in right perspective, everything kind of else takes care of itself. God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. Okay, so back to our story. We're obviously not in the same boat as Mary. None of us are giving birth to the Son of God. <laughs> but when we think about it, this whole story, it's kind of all pictures the nature of serving God, right? God tells us something, he's called us to something, and we have to respond, just like Mary. And really, that goes for everybody. It's not just Mary. God has a plan and a purpose for everyone's life. If you're sitting right here, if you can take a deep breath in, if you can let it out, if you can, if you can feel things, if you're still breathing, still living, guess what? You're still on this earth for a reason. God has an assignment for you. He has something for you. You're not done yet. You're not just going through the motions. You're still alive, so that means God has something for you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Second point, God is with us and is helping us walk the path he has set before us. Like Mary, he doesn't leave us to just walk through life blindly, right? He has given us the gift of his Holy Spirit as a guide to help us walk the path that he set before us. Now, in our, in our scripture that we just read, we see that Mary's sign was about her relative Elizabeth being pregnant, right? And we know the Christmas story. I know Pastor Bob and Pastor Josh, they've been talking about the Christmas story. And um, we know that Joseph would receive confirmation in a dream from an angel. We know that the shepherds came and the wise men came and then um, an angel appeared to Joseph again in a dream to leave and all, all of these things, even the prophecies when they brought Jesus to the temple, right? All of these things were God things confirming, this is it. You're not crazy. This is what I've called you to do. This is really happening. I am with you. I am God. I'm with you. All of these things kept happening. But... I can imagine Mary still probably had plenty of those, okay, now what moments? I, can, I can't even imagine what she must have been thinking or feeling when the angel Gabriel left. Like, I wonder if she pinched herself and was like, did that really just happen? Is this real? I mean, think about the whole time she was pregnant. I mean, I can't see anyone understanding how someone who was unmarried becoming pregnant, like, can you imagine what she had to go through? And then Joseph, he, an angel finally appeared to him, but that's the only reason he really believed. I mean, we read in the Bible, he was planning to divorce her quietly. So like, she had to go through the whole time of her being pregnant and even raising Jesus all those years. I mean, she, there was no handbook on how to raise the son of God. <laughs> like, there was nothing. 
There was nothing. There were probably so many moments where she's like, okay, now what? But she knew what God had told her, and she knew that God was with her and was helping her. And the same is true for us. You know, as we're, as we're leaving this Christmas season and um, we're approaching the new year, we have to remember not only, like Mary, what the Lord has spoken to us, but also that he's with us and that he's given us his Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us, to protect us, to lead us in wisdom and in truth, right? Okay, so point number one, God has a plan and purpose. Number two, he's with us and helping us. And number three, God's word will never fail. Look at your neighbor say, never fail. Never fail, never fail. That last verse we read, verse 37, it says, for no word from God will ever fail. And um, these verses, it was funny because as I was studying it, it reminded me of the story of Abraham. I just did a project, I think last semester in college on the story of Abraham. And um, whenever I read that, I was like, I think I've seen that before. So I went and I started studying. And actually, there's a lot of parallels between the story of Abraham and him receiving the promise that God gave him and then the birth of Jesus. Really, really, really cool study. But um, one of the parallels I wanted to bring up tonight, in Genesis 17, um, God's promise, giving his promise to Abraham, and he's talking about an everlasting covenant. Um, how Abraham would be an ancestor of multitudes of nations and kings shall come from you, right? We know the story of Abraham because, you know, we get the benefit of reading the whole Bible. They were just living life. <laughs> so we know that God told Abraham all of these things. And then we see later in Luke chapter 1 when God's saying to Zechariah, which was Elizabeth's husband, it says in verse 72 through 73, he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham. What God had promised to Abraham all those years ago was finally coming about, right? Jesus was coming. The Messiah, God's promised Savior, was coming. And just as God had said to Abraham all those years ago, this is that verse, Genesis 18, 14, is anything too hard for the Lord. At the appointed time, I'll return to you about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. We see that again all those years later in Luke chapter 1 to Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. For nothing, verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. All those years ago, God made that promise to Abraham. And we see that throughout the Bible, really. We see from the beginning of time, God's promise, God's word, that he was sending his son, Jesus. We see that again to Abraham, that it would come from him, that he'd be the father of many nations, and that God's word would never fail. And then we see with Jesus is coming, for no word from God will ever fail. We see that all the way to Revelation at the end of the book, right? For no God, word from God will ever fail. And as I was kind of breaking down that verse and looking at it, um, that word, nothing, for nothing will be impossible for God, it actually translates to all, every, everything, word, saying, statement, situation. So pretty much saying all things, all words, all situations, nothing will be impossible for God. We, it's kind of easy to say, nothing is impossible for God, you know. <laughs> but when we think about it like that, no word, no situation, no circumstance, no position, nothing. None of these things. Nothing is impossible for God. And we see that from the beginning to the end, and that's true today. Because God is unchanging, his word is unchanging, and he's never failing. So, where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us just like Mary with a choice, right? And as we're approaching the new year and we're asking, now what? We know God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. He's with us. He's given us the power of his Holy Spirit. But now, we have to respond. And so, let's go to verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, 
I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What a beautiful response. Like, I don't know if I would have said that if an angel would have just appeared to me. <laughs> I mean, I hope I would say something like that, but I just, I just love it. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Um, most of you probably know me, um, but I grew up here. This was my home church, and I've known since I was a little girl that I wanted to be a missionary. I felt that God had called me to be a missionary and to serve in ministry. And, and so growing up, that's what I would always tell people. I'm like, the Lord wants me to be a missionary. I'm going to be a missionary. Um, but there were plenty of now what moments because it's not like I could go to Africa or India or do anything whenever I was nine years old. So <laughs> what did I do? I gave to BGMC. I was involved in fundraisers. We did all kinds of stuff. I'm, she's laughing because, oh man, I think I actually wrote a story one time of the crazy things we've done. <laughs> Whether it was slime or cracking eggs on our heads or uh, running around the church, I mean, we did anything. But I knew that God had called me to do something. And so instead of just waiting, right, I wanted to be intentional. I wanted to be intentional about my walk with the Lord, about um, becoming diligent and reading my Bible and praying and, and giving to missions. And I loved listening to missionaries speak and their stories and, and all of this. And I'm not saying that I have it all together. I'm not saying that. But this is just a life example that I've learned from it. Because I knew that God had called me to do something. And while I couldn't quite walk in it just yet, at the same time, I see now how the Lord used all of that to prepare me for what I'm able to do right now. And it's so, 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 so amazing. We were, um, we were at a church, man, maybe a month ago now. And um, Pastor Anthony, he's the director for our missions internship. Uh, he, was he was preaching that morning, but they invited us up to share a testimony. And before we did, they had some kids come and give to a BGMC competition. And I was just kind of watching, and the Holy Spirit just came on me. And um, I was like, wow. Like, that was me just, just a few seconds ago. And God used that in the stories and, and the listening and, and kids' church and camp and VBS and here in the altar to prepare me for right now. And it's just beautiful how God does that because when we follow him, we can trust that his plan for our lives is better, way better than anything that we can come up with on our own. Whenever graduation, high school graduation was approaching, I was trying to figure out, okay, it's almost time to be a missionary. I'm almost there. And I was trying to figure out what it was going to look like, where I was going to go, what I was going to do, and... Um, it went back and forth a lot, but I knew that God was going to open up the right door at the right time, so I just kept waiting, I kept praying, and then COVID happened. I was a COVID graduate. Um, COVID happened, and all of my plans that I thought were great, and they seemed great, all of them just went down the drain. And I was like, man, Lord, like, you told me that I was going to be a missionary, and so I thought this was going to be it, and now it's not. Like, now what? Now what? And then he used that season, actually, to, to teach me even more how to trust him whenever I didn't understand, and it didn't make sense. And then just a little bit later, I got a phone call one day. I think it was in August, something like that, um, about this, this chance to travel to our 1,060 U.S. missionaries and to partner with them, and to help tell their stories, and to learn from them. And it was in that moment that I really, really learned God's plan is better than anything that we can come up with on our own. And so that's what, that's what I've been sharing. That's what I've been telling people. Um, because there's lots of things that God has shown us or told us, right? 
about maybe family members or our children or jobs or finances or things that he's called us to do in ministry. And there's all these things that God's shown us small glimpses of or small puzzle pieces of. But we don't know what the whole picture looks like, right? Mary didn't know what the whole picture looked like. She just had an angel come to her and say, hey, you're going to bear the son of God. She didn't know what that was going to look like. Like, was she supposed to call him son or would, would he need help tying his shoes or probably not, they didn't even have laces, but you get the point. She didn't have the big picture, but she knew what God had said. And we serve a God that is with us. God with us, Emmanuel. He is with us. He is here to help us. He's not just here to help us, um, give us the answer and then leave us to figure it out. God is with us. And so that's really what I've learned through all this. Because now um, I'm, I've been with Compassion Corps International for two years, and I've been a missionary for two years. And we've traveled 60,000 miles. And we've gone to so many different missionaries. And so, oh, man, I could be here all night telling stories. Don't worry, I'm not. But um, <laughs> of just the things that I've been able to see God do, because, one, I said yes. Two, even though I really wanted to, I didn't take the situation into my hands and try to make it work and fit into the way that I thought it should. And then now I've gotten to see God use that as a testimony in other people's lives as well. My mom said this one time, and it's always stuck, but you don't know who's attached to your yes. And that could be the people that God's already spoken to you about, or that could be people you don't even know yet. We know that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. We know that he's with us and helps us to walk it out. And all we have to do now is respond. And hopefully our response will be like Mary's and saying, I am your servant, Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And so as I was thinking about that and how that was, that's my prayer for the new year. That's my prayer for the new year. And all the unknowns and all the things that I don't know how God's going to work it out, that's my prayer. Lord, I'm your servant. I know what you've spoken, and I'm trusting in you. But I started thinking about it. What if the whole church prayed this together? And I, I mean life church, but I also mean capital C church, right? What if the whole church prayed this Instead of saying, okay, God, we want to grow in our numbers this year. Or, okay, God, how can, how can we um, be more successful this year? Or, okay, well, let's break it down to a personal level. Okay, God, how are our finances going to work this year? Or, Lord, what about my friend who I've been praying for years to come to you? Is that going to happen this year? Or, you know, instead of starting the new year saying, now what? It's almost like a hopeless situation. What if we said it as, now what? What is God going to do now? We know that it's not always going to be our timing or the way we think it should work. But what if we prayed like Mary and said, now what, God? What do you want to do in us now? What do you want to do in Life Church this year? What do you want to do now in Lafayette? What do you want to do now in my family? And that kind of helps us, as Poppy was praying earlier, to take our hands off of it and then put it back at the throne of Jesus. And say, now what, God? What do you have for me this year? And so I know we're going, we have um, our prayer station set up. And I think Pastor Bob's going to come tell us about that in a second. But um, as we go into a time of prayer, could we pray that? Not just for Life Church, but for our families, for our community, for um, the Christians and non-believers all over the world. Could we pray that for this year? That instead of trying to make all of these aspirations and our plans and all the things we want to see in 2023, could we pray, Lord, okay, now what? What do you have for me this year? What can I do? I'm your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Could we pray that this year? Amen. So could everyone stand? And I guess I'll just open us up in prayer and then Pastor Bob will come up. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came. 
Thank you, God, that you came, that, Lord, from the beginning of time, you had a purpose and a plan for each of our lives. You knew that, Lord, we would need a Savior. And it was your plan from the beginning of time to send your son, Jesus, to come to seek and to save the lost. So thank you, Lord. Thank you that, God, you care for each of us, that you love each of us. And, God, we just want to say yes to you. Lord, we are your servants let it be to us according to your word. Whatever you have for us, God. And I know that's a dangerous prayer. But Lord, whatever you have for us, that's what we want. That is our desire. Lord, I know that things in the past year may have been hard. I know children at schools have gone through so much. I know the economy has gone through so much. I know finances have been tight. I know all of these things have happened. But Lord, we know that you are still king, that you are still in control, that it did not take you by surprise, that it did not throw off your plans for your people. But God, you are still in control. So Lord, we look to you, God. We look to you, Jesus. We say you are king, you can have control. And we say yes, God, to whatever your plan is, Jesus. Lord, I just speak a blessing over Life Church. I thank you, God, for the ministry that is coming forth from it, God. I thank you for the things that you have spoken about Life Church. I thank you, Lord, the things that you have shown us and how we're going to reach the community. And right now, I just rebuke any attack from the enemy over our church, God, over Capital C Church, too. Lord, I rebuke any attack that would bring dissension or disunity, God, that any attack that would bring harm to the church. And I just speak the blood of Jesus over the body of Christ. Lord, you have called us to seek you first and to seek the kingdom of God. So, Lord, we say that this place is dedicated to you, that, God, we are seeking you, that, God, we are running after you, that we want nothing else but you. And, Lord, we trust, we trust, God, that your plan for us is greater than anything we can imagine, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for this past year. Thank you for the things that you've done. Lord, I speak a blessing over the new year and that as we begin to seek you, Lord, for the things that you have in store for us, Lord, we know that that doesn't mean we're getting an answer of the list or anything of all the things you're going to do, but Lord, we know that it means we're submitting to you, that we're submitting to God, to your plan for our lives, to your plan for Life Church and Lafayette and, and God for your church. So Lord, we just... We lift these things up to you. We thank you, God, that you're with us, that you have a plan and a purpose. And thank you that, Lord, we can trust you. You're a good God. You've never failed. Your word has never failed. From the beginning of time to when Jesus came to right now, Lord, your word has never failed. It is good, Father, and we can trust you. You're not a God that would lie or would change his mind. You're a God that loves and has good gifts for his children. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I lift up every family here, represented here, God listening online, every family that stepped into Life Church. Lord, I pray that um, you would just be with each member of their family, God, and the children, the, the parents, God, and their parents. And Lord, I just speak a blessing over them and over this new year that God, your will would be done, that your kingdom would come, Father here as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we give you all the honor and glory. All the honor and glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I like that last part, that part that she said that, well, I liked all of it. <laughs> but especially that part about that, there's nothing, God's word will never fail. Any word spoken by the Lord will never fail. You know, one of the things that Jesus said, he said, wherever two or three agree, he said, ask in my name, it will be done. And that's one of the reasons that we, we take this part of Wednesday night and, and go to corporate prayer and uh, have, have people praying because we, we believe God's word is true. And he said, ask and it will be done. He said, you have not because you ask not. 
And and I'll just be honest, you know, she did, uh, Alexa, she did a great job. I mean, just hammering home that part that, you know, um, we have to believe that God's, what God's word says, he's got a will and a purpose behind it. And there's a lot of times that we have different topics on these different prayer stations. And there's a lot of times, sometimes I see something on there and my first inclination is that'll never happen. <laughs> Come on now, nobody, be serious. Like I see on there, pray for governors, you know, and leaders. And I'm going, oh, nothing's going to change their mind, you know, but you know what? If I believe, if that's my, if that's where I'm at, then God, God has nothing to work with. And so we have to believe that God's word is true. And um, I just use that as an example. There's, there's a lot of times that, you know, um, we look at something in the natural. And uh, that's, and, and uh, I had a discussion with somebody early this morning after prayer. And um, we were talking about that, looking at the natural. And it'll deceive us. And we have to change our focus to where we're seeing things in the spirit and, and calling those things out in that manner. And so we're going to take the next few minutes for prayer. And, and we have pieces of paper on each of these music stands. And they have different topics. Um, some are on family, some are ministry, some uh, with government and uh, just other things, schools, uh, our children, uh, whatever. But we just invite you to take a few minutes. We'll have some music playing in the background. And, and you can pick up a piece of paper and just pray over what you feel led to pray and move on to another station. There's no time requirements or anything like that. It's just something that we've, we're seeing God answer prayer. We're, we're seeing him answer prayer. And so, uh, uh, you know, I'm just telling you that we cannot stop. We cannot stop praying. It is the engine of the church is prayer. And so God says, pray, ask, and it'll happen. So that's what we're going to do. And so I just invite you to do that. You can leave when you need to leave or want to leave or whatever. But we're going to take a few moments and spend some time in prayer. Amen. <laughs> 